And we're back again with Dave Chalker, designer of Thief's Market and GitBit. Welcome to Design Diary, the podcast where you get to look inside my board game design notebook as well as what's going on inside my head. We look at a new word each day from the sense of mechanics, tone, theme, or inspiration for a full game. Today's word is... Debilitate. To impair the strength of enfeeble, which is the word... I've never heard the word enfeeble before. <laughs> um, and debilitate is one that I've, I've heard many times, unlike a lot of the words we have here. But So what do you got for this? So, well, first of all, you know the word enfeeble if you've played a lot of D&D because you get <laughs> oh, <these> really? <laughs> spell names and stuff. But um, so this actually brought up something I've thought about game design-wise for a long time. And so... <laughs> makes me think about drinking games right okay. and the very specific thing with drinking games is that it is the only thing i can think of where as you play you get actually worse at playing <laughs> not like the game is harder for you because the game puts obstacles in the way you know or changes the rules or whatever it actually makes you worse yeah at making decisions and being able to function that's really interesting. Is there anything in any of those games where it actually gets easier as it goes along? <laughs> well, I, I think a lot of the like classic drinking game models is, you know, as game designers, we wouldn't do as much, which is like poor gets poor kind of stuff. Yeah. Where as you miss, that's when you take drinks, not like the guy who's winning takes the drinks. Of course, you yeah. Know, it tends to be the person who's probably already kind of drunk, getting <laughs> drunker and drunker, right? Because... The point isn't to make a good game. It's to get people drunk, really. Yeah. But it's fascinating to me to think about, you know, a mechanism by which whoever's in the lead, like, is actively made worse the more they play. So instead of, like, raising up the player behind, it actually, like, makes the person ahead less functional as they play. I have one game where I've done that, which is my little game called Hot Dogs, which is just as silly as ever. It's inspired by the McDonald's land or Let's Go to McDonald's game, where the whole idea is you're just stacking cards as fast as you can. It's just a speed based. Somebody's going to read off a recipe in whatever order they want, and then you have to get them in the correct order that's shown on the card that they slapped down and slapped on top of that before anybody else. But mm. the, the whole thing about it is you get a point by getting uh, two wins in a row, and once you get one win you get the impairment that's written on the hot dog card. So it might just be like you have to start with your back to the table or something along those lines. Right. But that was at one point it wasn't that and it was like you got to give it to whoever you wanted. And then it was just that whole thing where like slowing down the leader is is essential to stopping them from getting that second point. Yeah, exactly. And it just doesn't feel fair in a lot of ways. Yeah, know? exactly. It kind of makes the game a foregone conclusion. Yeah, I mean the that's something that in, um, you know, I have a, a cooking game that I've been working on for a few years that's based on like cooking competition shows, uh, especially uh, Cutthroat Kitchen, which is all about, oh, yeah. you know, them making dishes while getting sabotaged, like taking away all your knives or <laughs> uh, one of my favorite just ones that works by itself was there was a guy who had to do all of his cooking while in a full set of armor <laughs> really? so he's just like yeah like just clanking around the kitchen this like you know including like face mask and everything is that like the challenge on it like does does everybody have to wear the suit of armor i've, no. I've never seen it we watch uh, cupcake wars is on non-stop in my house right now so oh yeah also a good one <laughs> yeah cutthroat kitchen's like 
kind of the meaner version of all these where you start out with a certain amount of money, like $25,000 and you, you know, they just bring these challenges up every round and you bid on them, bidding your money. And, you know, every round they eliminate somebody and the last person standing gets to keep whatever money they haven't bid on all the other challenges. So it's general, you know, some of the, the sabotages are, you know, you pick another person and it tends to be like, the person who's ahead or you know whatever kind of balancing factor or you know there's a strong like tit for tat scenarios like you sabotaged me in the last round i'm gonna get you back kind of stuff yeah uh and then there's some that just sabotages everybody else which then also paints a target on your back so there's actually like there's bidding and also some prisoner's dilemma type stuff in there yep uh but also it's just like they'll cook truly awful dishes like you know classically trained chefs who have to like team a spatula to their hand <laughs> while making a crepe on an upside down pan and that kind of thing is just hilarious yeah, that's super entertaining that's awesome yeah. yeah and so it's that kind of thing that I, I was emulating in uh tabletop game also inspired by things like uh the dice game escape have you played that escape yeah the, yep. the Temple. yeah so some of my favorite things in that are like you know, you have to stand up while you have this curse going or uh, yeah. or one of the ones from the expansions is also my favorite, you know, where you're searching for the exit to the old temple and uh, somebody with a curse has to yell. I found the exit whenever they flip over a new tile. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I so the first time I played, we played with those. And then every other time I played that, it was with my kids. So we played like a light family version where I was just kind of holding their hands through it. Sure. That's a really cool one. And we also have yeah. the zombie version. I don't even remember what it's called. Uh, Escape yeah. from the Zombies or whatever it is. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, which I didn't like as much, you know, but there was a little more gameplay in there. Yeah, my son saw it and, like, insisted on it. And I think it was at Gen Con and it was, like, $50 or something. And when I got home, I didn't get it because I just didn't have space or whatever. And it was, like, $13 on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't, you can't pass that up. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's but, cool. yeah, so that's the kind of thing, you know debilitating to go back to that it's like those are things that affect how you play and you know debilitate you down to people who aren't doing as well uh but it's still not quite the same as the drinking game setup where you just are worse at whatever you're trying to do you know yeah that's that's so interesting that's i think um I'm trying to think of like the best, and as someone who doesn't drink, the person who's the the best kind of drinking game, like like a dexterity game. Like to me, that's like right up there. Like yeah, it can only get terrible, terribly worse as you go on. Yeah, I can only think that probably there's only type of two types of drinking games. One of which basically is a dexterity game, and the other one is basically just random. You know? Yeah. Like. That's pretty much it, but, you know, I guess there are probably people out there taking, like, playing chess while, you know, whenever you get a piece captured, you take a drink or something, <laughs> but it's probably not as popular on college campuses, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, that's funny. It's like, but, have you seen those guys that play chess in, like, New York and, like, on the street? Have you, have you yeah, seen them yeah, where yeah. they, like, take your money away? It's just, like, a whole big scam and... Oh, it's- you gotta get those guys to take a drink, and then you can beat them. Well, it did remind me there there is like a boxing chess kind of thing where they like go a few rounds in the boxing ring and then go back to chess. So they're like, oh really? 
messed up. Yeah, I, I remember reading about it. It's like really crazy fusion of things. But that's probably also a scenario where it becomes harder to think the more you've been like <laughs> punched in the face, you know? Yeah. Have you ever read the story The Chocolate War or heard about that? I don't think so. It's it's like one of my favorite books of all time. It's uh, Robert Cormier, and the whole story is about a Catholic school kid that's uh, supposed to sell chocolates. And I went to Catholic school, and we had to sell the chocolates every year. That was just the thing we did. You go door to door selling candy bars. But in the, in the story, the uh, there's like a gang in the school, and they give everybody assignments. And you know, someone's assignment is to unscrew all the chairs in the classroom. So when the teacher comes in, everything just starts to fall apart. But the one assignment they give to this this kid, Jerry Renault, is uh, you're going to refuse to sell the chocolates this year. So he refuses to sell them. It becomes a huge deal in the school when other people start to refuse to sell them. And the headmaster is telling the gangs, because they all know who's, who's, who's in and whatever, they tell him he's got to sell them. But anyway, so the whole thing ends, and not to spoil something that's been out for 35 years <laughs> or whatever, um, with... The school sponsors a boxing match between two kids, and it was to it was to make up the money they lost from the chocolates. And what you would do is you would buy a certain punch, and it would say like Jerry right hook to I forget the other guy and to his face. And it was uh, it was like this like sort of gamified boxing match. Or it just was one move at a time where people just paid for them. They read them off, and they just beat each other. And it's it's funny because for for personal reasons, it's. It's the uh, inspiration for my game that I've been working on for the board game of the month called Banned Books, and that's one of the once that's I think that's the number one banned book like in America. Oh, or at really? least it was for for years. Um, huh. Yeah, it's it's great though. <laughs> it's so I cool. No idea. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that uh that boxing thing <laughs> kind of strikes me as an interesting one too. Yeah. Like turning that into a game by itself. Oh, for sure. That's really cool. Yeah. Absolutely. So. I had to mention this because you tweeted it earlier today and it hit me in a, in a spot where I love was you mentioned uh, Doug Benson's here's a game <laughs> where you just have to repeat back what I just said. Why yeah. is this hard? That So Doug Benson's podcast is just one of my favorites. And Mine too. It, it's super fun to, to like play along at home. He has really good guests. But that game is the best. And it's just he <laughs> names a movie really slowly and you have to name it back uh, yeah. first. <laughs> And, and he's picking, like, more and more ridiculous titles, <laughs> so people go down wrong paths while shouting, and <laughs> it, oh. it becomes sort of a game of comedic timing, but yeah, my favorite is, like, he's just explaining this to comedians, and they're just <laughs> trying to make it harder than it actually is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, you just have to say the title. You you literally just have to repeat back what I say to you That's first. So good. And, but people are like, what? There has to be There's something else to it, right? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and people then just still get it wrong, yeah. you know. It's the it's the best. Yeah. There was an episode where Rich Summer was on there as a guest and as everyone knows he's a big board gamer. He brought his Pixel Lincoln card, which is the game a game that I designed. He had a card of himself and that was his prize for the prize bag. Nice. And it was most of the cast of Silicon Valley was also on the episode and all they did was make fun of him. And Pixel Lincoln for the whole intro. <laughs> and I was just like, this is like my dream come true. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm right. sitting here listening to them make fun of my game on the show. Uh, <laughs> but like, I love that show. It's, it's great. I wish, like, I could get out there and, like, go to an ep- go to an episode. It never comes to Philly or anything nearby. Um, but, yeah, I would love to go to that. It's so much fun. That would be amazing. Yeah, I, I've, I've been to podcast tapings, like, two or three times now. And 
it's it's really fun. What have you been to? Like, uh, like two of the Doug Loves movies. Oh, you've been shows. to those ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yep. Did you bring something for the uh, <laughs> uh, uh, whatever the name tags? Yeah, yeah. I've never gotten chosen. Actually, yeah. What I usually do is I just bring the uh, the poster for the movie Dave, and then <laughs> nobody cares about it. Yeah, that's that's good. Unless there's a Dave on the show, then then you'll get them. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, this was fun, and I didn't uh, get all your contact info last time, so I'm gonna have to edit that in somehow. Okay. Um, but so tell everyone where they can find you and and catch all your stuff. Uh, place where I post most things is at my Twitter account at Dave the Game. Uh, I'm also I run a website that I don't update very frequently, but generally try to post there when something big happens. It's uh, critical-hits.com. Which is another yeah. thing that I think I saw before we knew each other. <laughs> that probably sounds about right. I've been running that since like 2005 now. Really? So, yeah. That's amazing. Long time now. Cool. Well, thank you again. And we should do this again sometimes. It was a lot of fun. Yep. Had a good, good time. Thanks. Yep. Thanks.